Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new and special edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Today, we are giving you the UFC 262 preview, and uh, we are excited to bring you some special things today in this podcast. If you're watching live, you're having an opportunity today to win a giveaway, our first ever Sports Stove Podcast giveaway, and we're giving away a Hot Logic Mini Oven. Let me explain it to you real quick. So I work, uh, you know, regular job during the day, and I have to eat lunch in my car every day. And I was sick and tired of the cold cut sandwiches and of the salads and things like that. And so uh, someone was kind enough to get me a Hot Logic mini oven. It plugs into the cigarette lighter in the vehicle, and it cooks food right there in your car. So I've been eating leftovers. I've been having uh, chimichangas and burritos and Hot Pockets and things like that that I've made right there in my vehicle while I'm working, and then I get a hot lunch every time. I reached out to Hot Logic, said, I love your product. Explain to them about the podcast. They said, let us let us give you one to give away to your listeners. So tonight, it's your night. You get yourself a free Hot Logic. Here it is right here. It plugs into your vehicle, a mini oven. All you have to do to register or to enter into the drawing is... Uh, put in the comment section, wherever you're watching us, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, put in the comment section who you think is going to win the main event on UFC 262, Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. You don't even have to be right. You just have to comment who you think it's going to be. Put it in the comment section, and then we will draw a winner from those who commented, and we'll reach out to you get your information, ship it to you, and everything. That's all you have to do to win. Put it in the comment section. Who you think is going to win the main event on UFC 262? Uh, we've got exciting stuff going on in the MMA world right now and in the UFC world right now. Also, uh, we've got uh, an interview coming up in just a moment. We're going to play the interview for you with Sam Alvey, Smiling Sam Alvey. Um, he sat down with us for 20 minutes the other day, and uh, we've got that interview for you. It's a phenomenal interview. He talks about John Jones and Francis Ngannou. Uh, some strong words about John Jones, including uh, that he is afraid of Francis Ngannou. Then we talk about Diego Sanchez and some of the craziness going on with him currently in, in the world going on. We talk about weight cuts and is it dangerous or not, and uh, some interesting insight there. And then uh, kind of unexpectedly, Towards the end of the interview, we talk about weed and its effect on fighters. And I didn't, I didn't expect our conversation to go that direction, but that's where it ended up going. If this is the first time you've ever tuned into anything with the Sports Stove Podcast, I want to encourage you to go uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we partner with Spreaker. We're also on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, 
pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. If you search for us and you can't find us, let us know. We'll do our best to get on the platform that you listen to as well. We've got lots of great content. We do uh, UFC content, especially around the pay-per-views. We also do uh, all the major sports topics as well. A lot of stuff going on there. Uh, things going on in the UFC world right now. John Jones and Stipe Miocic. It's looking like Dana White might try to get this fight together because it's looking more like Derek Lewis is going to face Nganu in the first uh, title uh, opportunity to retain that title for Nganu. It's leaning towards Derek Lewis. And so are they going to get John Jones a fight? Dana White comes out and says Stipe Miocic might be the guy uh, for them. Dana White also has some interesting comments this week questioning whether or not Kayla Harrison is ready for the UFC. She sure seems to be. And then also he talks about Nick Diaz and uh, wondering if he really wants to fight again. Uh, interesting comments from Dana White this week. And then, of course, uh, the craziness that's going on with Rumble Johnson, uh, his comeback uh, just this past weekend, and now he's arrested for um, – uh, ID fraud and uh, basically using a credit card that's not his. And so we'll see how all that plays out as well. So interesting stuff coming. So in just a moment, what we're going to do first is we're going to get you the interview with Smiling Sam Alvey. I think you're going to love it. He is just so willing to talk and open about different things and some just some really, really interesting stuff we discussed there. Then following the Sam Alvey interview, we're going to come back with our UFC 262 preview. We're going to talk about uh, the main card and everything going on with that. And so we're looking forward to those things as well. Now, reminder, we're doing a giveaway tonight for the Hot Logic Mini Oven. Here it is. Uh, a phenomenal product. One I personally use. I am a customer. They did not pay me to do this, but it's a product I love, and I want to help my listeners out by trying to get uh, in one of your lucky hands as well. All you have to do is comment at any point during this video. Comment who you think is going to win the main event on Saturday's UFC 262, Oliveira versus Chandler. That will enter you into the drawing, and we'll draw from someone, we'll draw from all the people who put in the comment section uh, exactly. Uh, that's who will get a chance to win for there. So, and without further ado, let's get you to the interview with Smiling Sam Alvey. All right, welcome back into the Sports Stove Podcast. Uh, we are now joined by the UFC fighter, the one and only Smiling Sam Alvey. Sam, how you doing today? I am doing wonderful. How are you, sir? Doing wonderful as well. I kind of want to go way back to get started here. Uh, the, according to Tapology, you started your professional MMA career in 2008. Uh, what is it that kind of got you started in the sport of MMA? You know, I didn't do anything that got me started. I, I just, somebody offered me a fight, uh, a fight in the cage. I said, okay. Uh, I never trained anything. I never watched the UFC. I didn't know anything about it. It's, as far as I was concerned, you know, Jackie Chan and the Ninja Turtles were, were legit. Uh, and that was, that was really it. I, I wish everyone assumes I, I did something, but no, I didn't, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> so that first fight then going into it, what, I mean, what was your expectations and how were they met? Uh, you know, I just thought I'd hit the guy and he'd fall over and it worked. I just, I didn't know the rules. Uh, I didn't know that if I hit him, the fight wasn't over. So I hit him and he, they, you know, I celebrated and said, no, it's still on. I said, oh, okay. He got back up, round ended. And then round two, he beat, he beat the brakes off me round two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I almost won. If I knew the rules, I would have finished him in the first round. 
how much has the sport changed since 2008, if at all? Uh, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Well, what did you say, sir? How much did this, has the sport changed, if it's changed at all, since 2008? Well, the athletes in the sport are far more technical, far better than, than they used to be. Like, I... My story of coming into cage fighting, I don't think it could happen anymore. Uh, with, with as good as the athletes and the, and the fighters have become, uh, the, the amount of technique that is in it now is just a thousand times more than it used to be. Uh, the actual sport itself, uh, just just a couple little changes, um, such as elbows. As an amateur, I, when I first started, you could elbow as an amateur. Now you can't do that. Um and so that, that was really the, the, the biggest change is as far We got you back. <laughs> what is, um, what's harder in your career now versus what was before earlier in your career and what's easier now for you in, in the sport as a whole? Uh, you know what's harder? Well, it's harder. I just turned 35, so just typical aging has made everything a little bit harder. Everything hurts a lot more now than it did 10 <laughs> years ago. Uh, but as far as ease goes, I've been doing this for so long now. I mean, it takes a special kind of guy to be able to give me a challenge in the practice room. Um, I, I really can just – I've got so much experience and so many years and, and all that built up working towards it, um, they, towards my sort that – most people, like, I, I, I have a pretty easy time with them. Uh, how different was it this last year fighting with no fans? You know, I, I did it once before uh, when I was oh. on the Ultimate Fighter, the fight to get into the house. You're in front of mm-hmm. no one. So I, I got to do it once before. Um, and I prefer the fans. I, I like being able to share what I do with the world in, in person. But uh, it, it I don't feel... I don't feel it affected me all that much either way. It sounds like, you know, a lot of the guys have, have kind of said it's different, but it wasn't as strange. Of course, you've done it once before. It wasn't as strange as they expected it to be. Um, the fights were actually, there's a ton of great fights throughout 2020 and even here in 2021, uh, but definitely a different atmosphere. I mean, the other night when they had fans back in the stands and, and just the noise and the, uh, I mean, buffer with the announcements and everything was just, you forgot how great it was to have the fans uh, in the stands. And then you, you do most of your fights with your wife there also. Um, how how cool is that, that she is that involved in in what you're doing as far as fighting? Uh, it's, I wouldn't have the career fight that I've had without her. Uh, she, she's my manager. She's the reason I ended up at Team Quest here in Southern California. Uh, I mean, it's a, I can't give her enough credit for what I've been able to accomplish with, with this sport. And uh, I've been just truly blessed uh, to, to have such a, such a good woman in my corner. When uh, you're looking at fights now, you kind of went between two weight classes in your most recent, I mean, the last three years or so. Um, are you, your last fight, you went back to middleweight. Um, is that where you're looking to stick around for a while or uh, light yeah. heavyweight? No, I think I'll stay at 85. Um, I'm bigger than most people there. I can still make it. Um, and it's, there's a lot of good fights to be had there. So I, I plan on staying down at, at 85, but I'm always willing to go wherever the UFC wants me. 
What's that weight cut like, especially now versus 10 years ago? Yeah, it sucked. (laughs) 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 I I can do it. I'll I'll never miss weight, but man, it sucked. There's a lot of conversation about um, weight cutting and the dangers of it. Of course, we saw this uh, by the time this airs. We'll be past the the Saturday fights, but we've seen just this weekend where you know they're struggling to stand up on their own and stuff like that. Um, is there anything that the UFC can do or the sport as a whole can do to improve weight cuts, or is it just kind of just part of the game and that's what it is? This is part of the game, and I, I always hate people talking about changing rules for that weight cutting. It's it's part of the game. You you can do it if you plan it out right. Uh, it's part of the sport. I mean, wrestling does it. Wrestling does it a little different than we do. Um, but it's, it's, I've had terrible, miserable weight cuts. I've cut 42 pounds in 10 days, even, uh, that, that, that's my record. And, um, I've made it to 170 before I've done some terrible, miserable weight cuts, but I've done them. Um, and for people to, to be fallen over to do that's, they did something wrong. Uh, it didn't just happen. It's, they did something wrong. How do you plan a weight cut as far as when do you start the process of moving down and those sorts of things? Well, the, no, the weight cut and the weight loss are, are two different things. Uh, so, I mean, the whole camp you spend dieting down, you have to be very strict on your diet and you have to know what you're putting in, when you're putting it in, uh, and, and you've got to be very strict with it. Uh, uh, but then then the actual weight cut is you, you should, it takes practice. Uh, and I, I recommend all my amateurs have a tough weight cut. And so they can start learning how to do it then. And then throughout their career, if they get bigger or smaller, they can adjust accordingly. But uh, they, they should learn as an amateur and what it takes to cut weight. Going back to some degrees to your wife and, you know, talking about her being your manager, her being there in your corner, different things like that. Uh, recently, there's been a lot of conversation about the importance of having good people around you in, I say, the fight game, in, in the in the sport of MMA. A lot going on with Diego Sanchez and Joshua Fabio right now and, and conver- thoughts around that, centered around that. How important is the people uh, that you have around you, both with training and just day-to-day uh, work towards the sport? Yeah, uh, I love Diego. I, I've, I've been around the world with him once or twice, twice two or three times. Uh, and he's just just a – he's a unique individual, to say the least. But he, he really is. He's a good dude. I don't know anything about his, his Fabio guy. I've heard what everyone says. It almost sounds like – I mean, if half of what they say is true, Diego's in a mm-hmm. cult. And so I don't know what to think about that. Uh, I, I believe there was some video just put out right now where like Diego's hung upside down by his, by his ankles and he's just getting punched and kicked. Yeah. I, that, that's the wrong guy to, to be hanging around. Uh, I mean, even if he's the world's greatest coach, he's not the world's greatest coach. You don't, I mean, it, that that's basic. You're, you're, if you're hanging around people that want to do that to you, that's, that, that's you somebody his family his old coaches his friends should step in and try and talk to him or try and save him if, if i if i knew him a little bit better i might be the guy to do it but that's not right yeah yeah it's definitely controversial a lot going on of course um, uh with that right now for sure other big ufc news is you know john jones i'm in, i'm interested on your opinion on this 
I assume every fighter agrees, hey, go get your money. Um, but, uh, you know, those are kind of the kind of fights that as fans, we're sitting here going, hey, we want to see these things. Uh, we want to see John Jones fight again, but I, I don't necessarily feel bad for him <laughs> when he's asking for as much money as he's asking for, reportedly. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, these these big fights that are happening, guys are moving up and down out of out of weight classes all the time and stuff like that. Uh, what does it do for the sport to have guys like John Jones, who's somewhat controversial, uh, but kind of the, the top name in the sport at the moment, holding out and not fighting? Um, well, John Jones... I controversial. You know what's controversial about him is the cheater. I mean, he spent yeah. his entire life cheating. He, he, between the PEDs and the eye pokes, and the groin shots, and the illegal elbows, he has spent his entire life cheating. So I don't feel bad for him not getting the money he, he wants. Uh, that being said, you can't argue he is one. Uh, he is one of the bigger names in the sport, um, and I think he's playing it well. If ever I had to fight Francis Nogano. I would say I'm not doing it unless you give me a hundred million dollars. <laughs> they would say, "Well, we're not going to give you a hundred dollar million dollars." Like, well, I ain't fighting him. <laughs> so, so John Jones is doing the smart thing by demanding way more than the fight is worth. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> yeah, so power to him, I guess. I, I, yeah. And at this point, if he asks for more than he can get, he's—I mean—he's not not fighting him. He's just not, you know, not making what he wants to make. Even though, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious he is terrified of Nogano, like everyone should be. Nogano's <laughs> a scary dude. There's no doubt about he, that. He is, and Jones, Jones gets hit. Jones's mm. biggest advantage is he's got 84 inch arms. Every time he fights a guy with long arms, like Dom Reyes or Tiago Santos, or uh, even uh, Lionheart has long arms, but didn't John Jones did pretty Gustafson. Uh, J- Jones gets hit. But none of those guys hit like Francis Nogano does. Uh, Jones' head movement isn't great. He, he just uses his range well. And Nogano would crush that range. I mean, like, immediately. <laughs> well, uh, this is going to get back around to you in just a second. But Dominic Reyes, um, a lot of people said he won that fight against John Jones. But since that that decision went against him, uh, he's kind of he, he's been on a losing streak now. Things have changed drastically for Dominic Reyes. How does a loss um, in a fight that you you feel strongly that you won, and maybe the rest of the world feels strongly that you won, how does that affect you going forward uh, in your next fights? You know, it's different for everyone. Uh, and, and Dom, you know, he he had a hell of a fight against Jones. I had him winning. I thought he was up maybe four to one, but definitely three to two. I had him up. Uh, and then he didn't take much time off. And then he went and fought Jan. He got knocked off. Got knocked out pretty hard with against Jan. And, who you know, Jan hits pretty hard. Uh, took some time off. And now he just had this amazing fight a few weeks ago. Well, two, last week? Two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just amazing against uh, what Yuri, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. j- just an amazing fight. Uh, and he got caught. It was That, that one wasn't uh, a technique. That was just an awesome spinning elbow. I mean, that wasn't lack of technique on Dom. That was a great fight that a spinning elbow just, I mean, that was only the, apparently it's only the third spinning elbow in UFC history that knocked somebody out. Uh, And so they don't, people throw them all the time. They don't land often, but when they do, it's just people remember. (laughs) Yeah. um, yeah, He's, he's fought Dom has fought three of the best in the world in his last Mm. three fights. 
He's come out on the wrong end of both of on all of them, even though I felt he beat Jones, and this last one was very close. Uh, hopefully, he takes a little time off, rests his brain, and um, comes back and gets an easier fight. When uh, when you get knocked out, how long does it take you to feel normal again? And when you're back training and stuff like that, to to I guess I don't know if being afraid's the right word for it, but to be less cautious, I guess. You know, I don't know. I've never been knocked out. Um, yeah, so I, I really don't know. I've been choked out. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. I get choked out all the time. Uh, yeah. And you wake up and you feel great. You feel – it's so funny. You you get choked out and it's like 10 seconds you wake back up. You feel like you've taken an eight-hour nap. I mean, you just feel energized and ready to go. Every now and then your legs will cramp. But uh, most of the time you just wake up saying, oh, wow, let's, let's do it again. <laughs> Uh, you're coming off of six fights that haven't gone the way you want them to go. Uh, you had the draw not long ago. Um, and I, I, I was all in on you, your last fight, but, uh, where, where are you right now? What's ahead? Um, how are you preparing? What are you changing anything or what are you doing to get back on the winning way? Oh, well, shoot. Um, yeah. If, if you look at my last six fights, I, I've got an excuse for everything. Uh, and it, it's the wrong way to be. So I'm trying to limit the excuses. <laughs> Though I felt I won two of my last three. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I definitely lost my last one. But as far as what I want to do, change the way, I, I'm going to start sparring more. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm going to travel around a little bit more. I'm going to I, I enjoy sparring. I love it. So I, I'm going to team up with my, uh, my good friend, Sean Strickland, and we're going to travel in Southern California, Vegas, and just beat everyone up or get beat up. Uh, and I, and I think that'll, that'll help, help make, that'll help force me to learn new stuff. Hmm. So, and your current most recent training sparring's not been something you've done a whole lot of. I've done enough. I've just done it with the same guys. I mean, I ah, okay. as, as good as Jared Van Deren and Dom Reyes and Jamal Pogus and Dan Henderson are I just, I spar with the same guys pretty often. And so I, you get comfortable and as much as I hmm. try not to be comfortable and not even that I win every round, but uh, I do enough of them with the same guys over and over. I, I've got my, I, I, I fall into to habits and uh, I've been in the sport for over 70 fights. People are starting to figure out my habits. So I, I got to try and develop, uh, develop new habits, better habits, uh, unexpected habits. Do you have a plan for when your next fight's going to be? Uh, I have no plan. No, I, I, as of now, I've not been cut by the UFC. I'm, I'm praying a little bit every night that if they don't cut me, that they give me one more shot. But, uh, at this point I couldn't, I couldn't blame them if they cut me. There'd be no hard mm-hmm. feelings. I, I would go and fight my ass off somewhere else and then try and get back in the UFC because I, I love the organization. I love the people I've been, I've been around for the last seven years and, um, I, I would like to spend the rest of my career with them. Uh, do you know when your, your career, you plan on moving on to other things? You have a timeline or a age that you're saying, this is kind of when I want to be done. If I could fight for another 10 years, that'd be awesome. Uh, we'll see if it happens. Uh, yeah, I, I feel great. I still love doing it. There's no part of this. I dislike, uh, I, I'm not injured. I, I got on my knock on wood, but I'm like the only 35 year old fighter. That's not injured. I don't have any lingering injuries. Hmm. Um, and I, I still enjoy the hours upon hours of hard work and soreness. 
<laughs> so, last thing I have for you, recently, uh, George St. Pierre was on Joe Rogan's podcast. One of the things he said that caught my attention was he talked about the sacrifice. And you, you know of the sacrifice that fighters make a lot of times, but he specifically mentioned the sacrifice families make along with that. Can you speak to that idea of what you sacrifice to be in the sport and and you, as your family's together on this, your your wife's very involved with you as well. What's the sacrifice involved uh, for the family, the, the whole family unit, I guess, uh, with being a part of the sport of MMA? I don't know if I agree with uh, GSP in that. And maybe I, I could see his point in, in with some people, but I don't feel it's the case with me. Uh, I, I truly love what I do. And I think I like, I think GSP has notoriously not liked what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's always been the guy that's, you know, he, he retired young. He came back for one fight and then he's retired again. I, I'm a guy, I love every second of this. I get to hang out with my kids all day. I get mm-hmm. to work out whenever I want to work out and I've got my schedule, but I get to take my kids with me to work out. They watch me do it. I get to come home and I get to watch fights with them. I, I train them. I coach at my gym. Uh, I, I am so involved with my family because of what I do that if I had any other job, I wouldn't be able to spend half the amount of time I spend with my kids. Uh, I mean, if I, if I had a nine to five or uh, any other job, I, I would be at the office, at the building, at the away from them. Right now, I get to spend my days with my family. My wife is there as well. Um, if, I mean, sacrifice, I guess, every now and then. I don't get to go to Legoland with them because I got to work out, which really is a sacrifice. God, I hate going to those places. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, yeah I, I guess they, they like playing on the trampoline, and mm. I don't do that with them as much as I'd like to because I, I'm sore all the time. So I mm. guess that would be a big sacrifice that I don't get to play on the trampoline with them. But I do almost everything else with them. I I, I go. I make sure I I get everything else done. All right. Any advice for young people looking looking to get into the sport? Um, smart smart things to do. Things to stay away from. Anything like that? Uh, don't drink. Don't do drugs. I mean, seriously, weed. It's very addictive. As much as you can argue, it's not. It is. And I have seen so many young amateurs almost amateurs, almost pros, just get lost in weed. Uh, so stay away from the drugs, guys. It really is. It is, you know, quote-unquote harmless as it, as it may seem. Or people make, they find the excuse, especially with weed. I don't know what it is about weed, but uh, especially with that, people always, well, it helps me relax. It helps my, it's like, no, it doesn't. It, it makes you less motivated to do the next workout. Uh, so no, that's what other people, not, I promise you it's you too. Uh, so stay stay off the drugs, stay off the, the alcohol as best you can, uh, and the enjoy it. Uh, it is such, I mean, it takes a toll on your body. It is hard work. I, I limp everywhere I go, and I probably will the rest of my life because, because of this sport. Something's always tight or loose or this or that. So try to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, it's not too late to play baseball uh, or, or football or soccer or golf or tennis. Uh, just do the best you can to enjoy your workouts because they don't get any easier. Awesome. Hey, this has been great. Uh, this has been smiling. Sam Alvey, uh, Sam, uh, any, anything people can follow you out. Anything you got, anything going on in the last year, you were doing some stuff with foster parenting and stuff like that, that you were promoting. Uh, yeah, anything we you want to promote? 
I'm not doing that promotion anymore, but I have adopted my first foster baby here a few months yeah. ago. So that, that's pretty nice. But if anyone ever wants to talk to me, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I'm huge on TikTok. I love TikTok. So if you want to hit me up there, I, I answer everything I can. I do a lot of videos on there too. So hit me up on TikTok and uh, yeah, just, just enjoy the sport with me. Awesome. Sam, thank you so much. We'll be uh, looking out for your next fight, hopefully in the UFC. And, uh, but we continue to follow you. Good luck on everything moving forward. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with us today. Hey, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on, sir. There was smiling Sam Alvey. I sure appreciated his willingness to come on and uh, chat and some great stuff there as well. If you missed any part of the interview, this will be on podcast form later tonight. We'll get this out. And so you can listen to the entire interview there wherever you get your podcast. Again, we partner with Spreaker, but we're also on Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And again, if you, if you, where you normally listen to podcasts, you cannot find the Sports Stove Podcast. Reach out to us, let us know, and we'll do our best to get there on that platform as well. A reminder, we're doing a giveaway uh, here with uh, Hot Logic, a Hot Logic mini oven. Uh, this is something that you take in your vehicle with you. You plug it in. It cooks food for you. Uh, if you eat lunch in your vehicle a lot, if you take a lot of trips, it's a great product to have. And we're giving one away free. All you have to do is comment uh, in the comment section of wherever you're watching this video who you think is going to win the UFC 262 main event between Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. You don't even have to be right. You just have to comment who you think is going to win, and we will choose a winner from the comment section, and uh, we'll get this shipped out to you. And uh, this is a product I absolutely love. I use it every single day, well, Monday through Friday while I'm at work. Uh, great product. They do not pay me, by the way, to do this, but they did donate for us this Logic mini oven to give away to one of our listeners. So make sure you comment in the comment section who you think is going to win between Oliveira and Chandler, and uh, we will pick a winner from the comment section. All right, on to UFC 262, the main card. Uh, we're going to give you our picks, and uh, hopefully we don't lose any more fights. We've already lost one fight off the main event for Saturday's fights, but still a number of good ones left. We'll start off with Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Bontarin. Uh, Matt Schnell, he's a submission artist. He's got a ton of triangle chokes uh, that he has won with. He's 5-2 and two in the UFC. Going up against uh, Bontarin, who's on a two-fight losing streak. He lost in round one to Kai Kara France, and he lost by unanimous decision to Ray Borg. Before that, he won his first two fights in the UFC, and then he kind of hit that roadblock there as well. He's got a number of submissions in his game also, and uh, for that fight, we're going to go with Rogerio Bontarin over Matt Schnell in the first fight on the main card of UFC 262. Now, we don't always get everything right, but we do we do get things right a lot. So these are things you can take uh, and show off your knowledge as well. Again, you can comment any of these winners that you think uh, that you have going here in UFC 262 as well. Uh, but Bontarin is the underdog uh, in this fight. He's at plus 135 currently as of this recording and video. So uh, we're going to go with him. He's 16 and three as a professional. Matt Schnell, 15 and five. We're going to go ahead and go with Bontarin. I hate picking a ton of underdogs because in the UFC, uh, you're looking typically at about maybe 60, a little bit above 60% of the time that the uh, the favorites win these fights. But I got a couple different underdogs I like on this main event. A lot of close fights uh, are being called for right now. 
uh, in this, in this fight, uh, in this night as well. Uh, the next fight is Shane Burgos versus Edson Barbosa. Uh, Burgos is the slight favorite in this fight. He's coming off a loss to Josh Emmett. Uh, back in July of 2020. Then before that, he had three wins, though. Um, not a whole lot of power people. He hasn't fought a whole lot of big names or anything like that. Uh, but uh, he's got a big fight against Edson Barbosa. Barbosa coming off a win uh, back in September, October of last year. Uh, before that win, though, he had three straight losses, the Ige, Felder, and Gaethje. Uh, Ige lost by split decision. Felder lost by split decision. Gaethje finished him. But nonetheless, Edson Barbosa coming in off of a win. Burgos coming in off of the loss. Uh, Barbosa's at plus 110. Burgos at minus 130. We'll go with the favorite in this one with Shane Burgos. Uh, this is going to be a, a really, really entertaining fight, I think. Uh, but we're going to go uh, there with the favorite. Then, Caitlin Chukagan and Vivian uh, Arroyo yo, are going at it here in the third, third to last fight of the evening on Saturday. Aroha, Arojo is plus 120. Chukagan at minus 140. Uh, Caitlin, she last, uh, her last eight fights were wins, or excuse me, her last eight wins she did by decision. The only loss uh, that she has, uh, she's got three, I believe, recent losses, relative recent losses. All of them came to some of the biggest name fighters uh, in the UFC right now. So her wins are good. Her losses are good too, though, at the same time. Uh, Rajo, she's got coming off two wins. Her last four went to decision. So either way, this fight is probably going the distance. We're going to go with Caitlin Chukagin to win this fight. Then Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. Dariush is the favorite at minus 155. Ferguson at plus 130. Tony Ferguson's coming off of two straight losses, a unanimous decision loss to Oliveira and a round five loss to Gaethje. Uh, his last two victories both came due to injury. Cowboy Cerrone had an eye injury and Pettis had a broken hand, so the fight got stopped in the, the middle of the fight. And so, of course, he did the damage, but uh, interesting ways to win for Ferguson, his last two wins, but again, coming off of two straight losses. Benil Dariush coming off of six straight wins. Two two finishes in round one, two finishes in round two, one split decision, and one unanimous decision. I've heard a lot of people leaning towards Tony Ferguson in this fight, uh, but we're going to go with the uh, the favorite, Benil Dariush. Uh, we think he's up uh, right there now, fighting his chance to get a chance at the belt. Uh, he's doing everything he can to do it. I don't see him dropping this fight to Ferguson, but this is a must win for Ferguson. You're talking about desperate. Tony Ferguson should be desperate, so it should be a very dangerous fight for Darius. But we've got Darius, and we'll say he finishes this one sometime in the first three rounds of this fight. The longer it goes, obviously, the better it is for Ferguson, but we're going to go with Darius in this fight. Then the main event of the evening, Charles Oliveira, versus Michael Chandler going for the lightweight championship, a title fight. Um, you could argue Chandler doesn't deserve to be here. That's a big argument in uh, sports talk currently is who deserves and doesn't deserve to be in situations. But nonetheless, Michael Chandler, he's 1-0 in the UFC, and he's already getting a title fight. Well, he's obviously a very talented fighter and a champion Elsewhere, he's six and one in his last seven fights. His one fight in the UFC was a round one finish of Dan Hooker back in January. And of his last six wins, five of them 
were round one finishes. Uh, Chandler is a dangerous fighter, a talented fighter. Again, I don't think he deserves to be in the UFC title fight yet, but he is there, and it doesn't matter what I think. He is going up against Charles Oliveira. Uh, they're going to be in Houston. Oliveira is fighting in Houston from Houston. He's on a eight-fight win streak. He has, uh, of those eight wins, he has eight, three round one finishes, three round two finishes, one round three finish, and one unanimous decision. He has only gone to decision three times as a professional. Uh, this fight is not going the distance, needless to say. Chandler with five round one finishes. Uh, Charles Oliveira with three round one finishes uh, recently as well. This fight is going to be a fast pace. My guess is it goes to at least round three, but uh, nonetheless, that's where we are. Oliveira currently at minus 125, Chandler at plus 105. I am not a gambler. I do not gamble. I don't, I don't necessarily encourage you to gamble, but one of the things I like to do by looking at the odds is kind of seeing where the public lies, uh, where the thought is, and honestly, who should win the fight as well. Oliveira started the uh, the odds at minus 160, and he's already down to minus 125. That tells you a lot of people are picking Chandler in this fight. And I understand that you watch one Chandler fight, and uh, you're probably going to be a Chandler fan. He is a very entertaining and talented fighter. That being said... We're going to go with Charles Oliveira in this fight. Uh, yes, he's the favorite, so maybe that's not a big pick, but I think that he is a little bit more well-rounded, and I think it is his night uh, to, to shine, and Charles Oliveira, we think, is going to take the title there on Saturday night, UFC 262. Uh, go ahead and comment in the comment section, wherever you're watching, who you think is going to win the main event. Uh, Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler, and that will enter you into a opportunity to win a Hot Logic mini oven. We want to thank Hot Logic for donating this uh, this prize, and we'll get it shipped off to you. We'll reach out to the winner. We'll have a drawing. We're going to give an opportunity for some people to get their names into that drawing here, but we will announce the drawing later this week on who wins the Hot Logic mini oven. So even if you're watching this on replay. Go ahead and enter in, as long as it's uh, within the next day or two, go ahead and enter in who you think is going to win between Oliver and Chandler, and you can win yourself a Hot Logic Mini Oven. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special UFC 262 preview edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. want to make sure and encourage you to go visit the Sports Stove Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got some great interviews in the, from the past on there as well as great things coming up ahead. And I would love for you to follow us, rate us, review us, all those good things uh, there as well. You can also find us always at bellyupsports.com. Uh, we're a part of the Belly Up Podcast Network. You go to bellyupsports.com, you're going to find interviews, you're going to find articles, you're going to find some great stuff. If you're into fantasy sports, some phenomenal stuff on the Belly Up Fantasy page. Uh, so much going on at Belly Up Sports, so make sure you, you go there, check everything out there, and then make sure you also click on the Sports Stove Podcast and listen to past episodes that are available for you there. A huge thank you to Smiling Sam Alvey for coming on and chatting with us and uh, some great stuff. If you missed that interview, make sure you go back and listen on the podcast version or on the video uh, wherever you're seeing this right now. You can go back, obviously, and watch it again. But uh, great stuff from Sam Alvey and really appreciated him taking the time to chat with us uh, there. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's Sports Stove Podcast. We're going to be coming out with more content uh, on the podcast side of things 
uh, here later on this week. So much stuff going on in baseball and football and, of course, UFC news as well. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Sports Stove, Facebook, the Sports Stove Pod. Uh, we're also on Instagram, the Sports Stove Pod as well. Uh, but nonetheless, we hope that you'll follow us and we'll look forward to seeing what's ahead for you as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we're going to see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>